This is the Hiking Through Life podcast. We've all been gifted a journey called life. Let's see where the journey leads us today. Welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast, where we talk with people who in some way, shape, or form have been influenced by the outdoors. I'm Andy, the producer of this podcast, and my lovely wife, Sarah, will be your host. Together, we make up Hiking Through Life. This podcast is all about bringing all kinds of people who are inspired by the outdoors and sharing their stories. We hope that by sharing people's stories, it inspires others to get out and live a more meaningful life. Tune in every week for new episodes, or better yet, subscribe to the Hiking Through Life podcast on your favorite podcast provider. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with others. Also, if you have a story to share or know of anyone who might be interested in being a guest on this podcast, head on over to hikingthroughlife.net slash podcast and get in touch with us. Now sit back and enjoy this week's episode. So how did this, like, how did it even begin? Wedded wellness? Well, so when I, I got married about, man, it's been almost 10 years, eight years ago. <laughs> and when I think back at like who I was eight years ago, surprisingly, I just wasn't, I'm like, I don't look fondly back at that time. Like I look at it and say, wow, I was a stress ball. I was constantly like using every ounce of my free time to plan something that I cared about, but ultimately like it wasn't the end all be all for me. Everything. I mean, like the marriage was the most important part of it. And when I, after we got married, I just remember feeling this like major sense of relief, which is such a bummer, right? Like who wants to be like, Oh, I'm so glad that's done. So like file that away. Several years later, I got really into yoga and, um, just the idea of yoga around, like, you get to make choices for yourself. You don't have to do things just because everyone else does them. And like, yoga is so good at teaching all these lessons that have nothing to do with like the physical practice. They're <laughs> just so far beyond that. When I made that realization of like, oh, I can make my own choices and like do the things that I want to do. It shifted my whole life. Like, everything, the fact that like, I wanted to start a business and I decided, Oh, I do want to have kids, even though like that's going to compromise or, or could potentially compromise like my career path. Like I started to make decisions for myself. Once I got really, really into yoga, I started teaching a lot. Um, and eventually started managing studios. We were getting a lot more requests for things like bachelorette yoga and special events and I just was like, oh my gosh, this makes total sense. So you mean at the yoga studios, you were getting requests for that? So yeah, so I worked um, I worked for Core Power Yoga for um, well, almost five years in managing studios. And we would get, we'd get like periodic requests for like, hey, do you guys do bachelorette parties? Or like, do you ever do private sessions? Or do you do couples? And we, did, we didn't do that. We just did group classes. And I always was like, man, like that'd be a fun idea to be able to do special event yoga, like to go to people for a celebratory event, like a bachelorette. And then finally I like put two and two together of like, Oh yeah. Like I've grown up since this time where I was kind of, I don't know, like not myself and prioritized well being. like, let's bring this all together into an industry. I mean, the wedding industry is very strange to me. It's just a little outdated into an industry that is, um, not always as wellness oriented. <laughs> Does that make sense? Well, totally. I mean, I think weddings are all about the, the things that you bring to the wedding, how, what it looks like, what your dress is, how much money you're going to spend on it. It's very materialized. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, there's all these stress, stress factors on the wedding day and that's not at all what it should be about. And I mean, hearing how your experience planning your wedding was already, I mean, that's just like one example of a million women who who are like that. Mm-hmm. And it should be fun. And it, I mean, yes, but also we're all going to have stressful times in life. Like our wedding is one small part of our life. And I just think it's like a really good example of how stress and like 
prioritization can throw us in the wrong direction. Um, and you know, and I was one of them, like I, an avid yogi, someone who thinks like this all the time, granted I wasn't as much at, you know, when I was getting married, but like was still kind of a hot mess. <laughs> and so I, I'm just so grateful for these tools. And I think this is a, one of those opportunities to like enjoy our life and use it for good into our whole future into family life, throw kids in there. And that changes the game too, you know? <laughs> right. Well, I guess I don't totally know, but I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're a teacher. You've got it. <laughs> I, yes, I am a teacher. So I do, I do understand some of that, <laughs> but you do need those tools. I mean, I was just doing an at-home yoga practice because that's what we have to do now. <laughs> I found like virtual online classes. I haven't done that in forever, but that's the thing. Like you can do yoga from anywhere, which is like so, so awesome about it. You don't even need a mat. No, I know. It's funny. Like I've done them in tiny, tiny like hotel rooms. I've done yoga classes. You guys were at our, our frozen lake, frozen pond situation where we did yoga on a frozen pond. It was so fun. Snoga. <laughs> that was so much fun. Was that your first time teaching yoga on the ice? Yes. I, I taught outside a ton, but I've never done anything like on a frozen lake, which is hilarious because we live in Minnesota, but <laughs> It, it wasn't that slippery, oddly. Like, it was very fun. I'm really glad we – I'm not even that outdoorsy, which is super funny because I know that's, like, you guys, everything that you do. And, like, that for me was so good to be like, okay, we're going to teach yoga in the freezing cold, just bite the bullet. And we did it. It was so fun. <laughs> did it make you want to do it again? <laughs> well, yeah. Like, I prefer the summer. Like, I love me some good lakeside yoga. Like, that – happy to do those all day. But totally, I'm like – I'm we can do this. We can be outside doing yoga. Yeah. I mean, no, that was such a fun experience because I had never done it on the ice and like just moving with all of your snow gear was a whole different experience in itself. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, you're kind of like, you feel like a Michelin man a little and <laughs> I loved it. So you've said like other yoga classes that you've done are outside too. Is that typically with your bachelorette parties? So I love to do bachelorette parties and we can do those anywhere. We can do those, um, again, like at a cabin and outdoor thing. Um, but I do a lot of events as well with wedded wellness. Um, so like last year and some I do as well, I teach, I still to teach publicly for core power yoga as well. And we do a ton of events too. So like last year we were at out on, um, like on the lake over at Maynard's in Excelsior, like, in the beautiful sun on the, on the lake by the docks. So much fun to be there doing yoga. Um, and this summer, you know, like when we're able to break free from our houses, <laughs> whenever that is, yeah. um, I'm hosting a ton of, of events. Some of them will be outdoors. Um, and we just have to find the right spots. I'm kind of scouting some places here. I live in the Western suburbs. So like in the Wayzata area, hopefully maybe on by the lake, but also just like, let's get outside. Cause like you said, you don't even need a yoga mat. You could be anywhere doing doing a yoga class. Oh, totally. And I mean, yeah, there's parks everywhere. And I mean, obviously, some parks will have like regulations on whether or not you can use them. But right, yeah, there's some. There are some like because I'm a business. Um, I always have to look into that. But for the most part, if I usually what I do is I partner up with like other businesses that are like, yeah, let's you know, let's do like some giveaway juices and we'll do yoga in this big like foyer outside. And yeah, super fun. <laughs> That's awesome. If this whole coronavirus is still going on in the summer, you could do um, practicing social isolation yoga and just make sure everyone's six feet apart. I know. We were, so when we were gearing up, when the studios were gearing up for this, I mean, we were like literally like measuring out how far away, how many people can we fit into a room? And thank goodness, ultimately, for the safety of everyone, which is like, we got to shut this down for now. But, you know, ugh, people doing yoga at home, I, it's cool. I'm glad they're doing it at home because if they weren't doing it all, at all, they might be losing it. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, I think the people who have already practiced yoga for so many years, you're committed to it and you're going to find a way to keep doing it during chaotic times like this. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even like with, with your, with you guys and hiking and stuff, like, have you been able to get out? Can you still do that? I mean, are you even, we're under quarantine, but like, we can get outside, right? Yeah, I've been going outside multiple times a day. I'm still going walking every single day with the dog. Like, that's that's still practicing social isolation. You're totally right. We're being safe. And, like, I'm going to take advantage of it while we still can. If, like, that's taken away, too, like, heck, yes, let's, let's get outside right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. That's exactly what people need. Um, yeah, but so speaking of, like, times like this and, like, using yoga to, like, keep calm – what tips would you give someone who like doesn't practice yoga during a time like this, but should maybe incorporate that into these stressful, crazy times? Like, have you ever dealt with people who have never done yoga before? Actually, like all the time, Sarah, this makes me laugh because when I meet people and because weddings are so, I don't know, like new, like it's new territory for so many people. I mean, probably this is their first wedding. Everyone is looking to try new things and like things to stay fit and stay well. And so often I'll meet brides and grooms um, and we'll be like, do you practice yoga? And they're like, no, I don't, but I want to try it. (laughs) And I love that because then we get to start this new practice. Sometimes it's, you know, as a couple, sometimes it's individually or like, no, you know, I just want to bring this practice with like to my bridesmaids for our celebratory day. So Yes, I do actually experience a lot of people who who don't practice yoga regularly. And maybe they practice just a really little bit. And most people, what we do know, I mean, there's like actual data. Yoga Journal did quite a bit of research on this, is that most people practice at home. Like that is their yoga practice. Um, They don't go to a studio. I mean, frankly, yoga studios can be super intimidating if you're not going to them regularly. And so people do online yoga classes. Um, If you've ever heard of Yoga with Adrienne, she's just like this super warm, amazing YouTuber that has, I mean, blown up literally blown up and tons of people do yoga with Adrienne because she, she makes it accessible to all. Um, so if I were let, so now speaking in the now people that are feeling cooped up, probably feeling pretty anxiety prone. First of all, like I love that everyone is so amped to like better themselves right now. And like, (laughs) like, you know, they're all of a sudden they're doing cleanses and they're like doing two yoga classes a day. Have you seen this too? Or is this just me? I mean, it, yeah, it seems like everyone's doing that stuff. Like give yourself some grace because this is a really challenging time right now. And so do listen to what you need more than anything else. Maybe you need some extra naps, like take that nap. That is yoga. I mean, listening to your body, listening to your intuition right now is really critical if you're getting, so when, when I say yoga, it like with a capital Y, I say that a lot. Yoga is a lot of things. It's not just the physical practice. Um, if you want to start, because you do have this extra time, a physical yoga practice, the asana, which is the Sanskrit word for that. Um, I think it's a great place just to start with, again, some super simple like YouTube shows, if you will, <laughs> um, that have these short yoga classes. Yoga with Adrian is a great place to start. Um, I have a great friend who has a platform, a, another YouTube channel called Inquire to Inspire. And it's the number two, Inquire to Inspire. And she's here local from the Twin Cities, and she does super awesome classes, really challenging, but also accessible to everyone. Um, there's a lot of great, um, even just like Google a few poses, like poses for anxiety or poses for sleep. Um, or even if you were to say, I'm going to take three yoga poses for sleep before bed. That's, that's yoga. That's the place to start. And then as it grows, like find out what you like, give yourself again, that grace to like write down after you did a few things like this felt really good. This didn't, this made me really relaxed. This made me anxiety ridden. I don't know. Cause it's all different, you know? Um, and then I guess finally what I, what I'm kind of exploring is, is bringing more, um, like one-on-one time, like coming, actually doing some yoga instruction. Now that we have this amazing platform of, you know, Skype and zoom and all these things like instruction digitally right now, like, and I don't know what that's going to look like. I'm, I'm kind of taking a back step to see where this goes. Like, do people, 
do they just want online classes or do they want some private instruction? Um, well, I bet especially in a time like now, people are looking for online classes. They really are. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw a fitness instructor post on Facebook, like, who's interested in a Zoom class on Saturday? I'll teach a workout class. Like, people are totally looking for that right now. They are. Well, and I, one other one that's really good um, again, I, I teach publicly for Core Power Yoga, and they have this platform called yoga on demand. Um, and it's, they're opening it up tons of free classes right now. I mean, and these are some of the best teachers that I know, like in the whole world, I like fangirl these people (laughs) and these classes, you can just do them in your flipping living room. It's so awesome. I love it. Oh, I like that. Yes. All these resources. I need to try those people that you just mentioned. Cause I usually just like Google it. Like that's what I've done the past couple days, like yoga, (laughs) but I don't have like a favorite person cause my favorite person's at the gym. (laughs) I know. Well, yeah, I know it's true. (laughs) But yeah, it goes back to like, you don't need a gym for this kind of stuff. I mean, yes, it makes the experience different. But this is, I mean, this time is just teaching me that I can live with the very basics. I I don't need to get my, get in the car and drive to the gym. Right. I can just lay down on my living room floor and I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see the, you know, the, the silver lining in this whole experience, because again, that's yoga too, is trying to think through what, like, what am I learning from this? And I mean, it's hard. Like it's been what day three, I'm at home with my two kids and I'm ready to lose it. But How old are your kids? They're two and three. <laughs> I know. I like, I love them so much. And I, I, I would never say that to them. Like this has been really hard, but it is like, it's hard because I don't spend 24 hours with them on a regular basis, like let alone, you know, weeks. But again, I, what I'm learning is that, like you said, you, you learn a lot about like what you actually need and what the priorities are. Like priorities in the last three days have been very clear to me. And I don't even, you know, there's so much hustle and bustle outside of this time that like, it's hard to always see. So I'm, I'm grateful for it. I'm excited for it to be done. I don't know what that's going to be, but we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I just want to like dive into that more, just like talking about life with kids. Like you're not used to having your kids there all the time. And especially as an entrepreneur, like you are probably, I mean, you started this business while being a mom of two very young kids. Cause how, how long have you had wedded wellness for? I actually only started it in August, so it's really fresh. It's still um, a little baby, and I've done this for a long time. Like I've taught just like girlfriends and other you know acquaintances, private classes, and again have managed studios for a really long time. And when I decided to step away from a full time gig managing studios, decided to move into this this space of entrepreneurship. And I've been really lucky in that like I have the flexibility. You know, my kids go to school. Um, you know, part time, but then I'm able to work part time and then also be with them. And now, I mean, now that this is shifting, I don't know what that looks like because as many people are going, I mean, like full transparency, as many people are going through that financial volatility, nobody really knows. Like, can we afford that? Like, well, I don't know. <laughs> can we afford daycare? Like, can we afford to be? practicing yoga and like, I don't know, everyone's, again, like everyone's priorities are just shifting a lot. And so I'm relearning, like I've been taking a lot of notes on what seems to get those kids to behave because (laughs) it's different. Like it was, they are, they do so well with the schedule at school and now the schedule's like down by the wayside. So, well, there's so many great schedules that you can access online right now for kids. Like those, there's just so many great resources. Cause yeah, I know so many parents are just struggling with the fact that kids, yeah, they're on a schedule at school, but now all of a sudden they're home all the time. So yeah, I know I've downloaded so many of those and I'm like, I'm super type A. So I have like each night I, I do like a plan. I'm like channeling you right now. Like I do my lesson plans and it usually includes a lot of yoga. This morning we had circle time and I just wanted like, I'm such a a crunchy mom. I'm like, how are you feeling about being at home? And they like, they don't know what's going on. They don't care. <laughs> They're like, we feel good. Can we watch PJ Masks? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. No, but that's great. That's what they need. You need to be talking to them and yet yeah, not giving them social media all the time. Yeah. Like, or even like screen time. We're limit. We're trying to limit it, but also like sometimes mom needs a break. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. And that's like what so many parents I can only imagine are feeling right now. <laughs> so, um, Oh yeah, I was going to mention at my bachelor party, I did have yoga. My aunt taught us yoga. I love that. That's so cool. Where did you guys do it? Outside. Like we rented this little cabin um, in like Malax. And there was just like five of us. It was a super small group of us girls. And my aunt is a yoga teacher. And I asked her to come up and teach us yoga. It was actually like on a golf course. Oh my gosh. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so fun. But it was just, like, really cool and just, like, the perfect little small group. It was, like, probably a 40-minute flow that she led us through. But I loved it. I liked it because it's, like, something pre-party. Like, we can all go do the party thing if that's your if that's your gig. But, like, this whole time to – I don't like to prioritize connection because yoga, the word yoga, means yoke, to connect to union, you know, and like this way to move with your friends together in a really unique experience is such a bonding opportunity. Did you feel like that when you did it? A little bit. Um, there was two of my friends did not want to do it at all. They just sat there and watched. (laughs) They were, they were totally reluctant and didn't, didn't want to do it. It was too hot for them to even try. Fair. Okay. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, I did feel like that because it's something that is so meaningful to me and it is just something that kind of like set our minds for the remainder of the day and really set intentions. And like my aunt just had this like really great like meditation for me and my day and my friends and it was just a really beautiful setting. Yeah, we, we do, or I, we, sometimes I like to say that there's a million people, but it's just me. <laughs> um, I do yoga classes for the morning of the wedding too. So some brides like to do it like with their bridesmaids. Some brides like to do it, brides and grooms like to do it as couples. It really just depends. Um, but that idea, like you were talking about intention setting can be so critical as like a reminder. I mean, almost like a mantra to come back to in the moments of stress on that one day. And we do, you know, like a, a, almost like a blessing, more so just like an energy collection around the bride or the groom with, if it's a wedding party, like we all sit around them and just like send them good thoughts and, and love together. And like, it can be like that. It can be super warm. It could also be like an all Lizzo yoga dance party. I mean, it just totally depends on like what your vibe is. (laughs) And so do you usually like let, the bride kind of choose what she wants it to be like. Yeah. Yeah. We usually do a quick, like 15 minute consultation on the phone before just to be like, what's your vibe? What are you looking for? What's your playlist? How experienced is your group? Because if they're not super experienced, like that's good for me to know. I can usually like tell right away (laughs) if somebody is, you know, within the first few moves, like are they practicing yoga? And I would adjust as needed. So it's totally accessible for everyone. But if you've got a group that's super, yoga they love it and they all practice a lot like we might do a different series okay so like it's really 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 well crafted to each individual's needs absolutely yeah to the group for sure awesome and um what about like this whole couples yoga thing what does that look like so couples yoga i mean again it's really customizable to the couple um most often people couples like to do it as a way to like have a sort of mini date night or like connect with each other, but also learn how to move their bodies to do yoga together so that they can do it more frequently, not just when I'm with them. So, um, I had a couple, had a couple different couples, couple couples (laughs) that I will like give them homework. So we'll do a, you know, a private yoga class in their house. And after we'll say, okay, here's what I want you to work on for your physical practice. And here's something I want you to do to, you know, further your, your partnership, something simple, like write down what, um, one thing that you love about your partner every day and then like have it in a journal so that you guys can see it, you know, little things like that. So it's yoga, but then it's also life practices, um, 
and it gives them them the opportunity to do this on the regular together, even again, like without me. Mm, I love that. Especially writing things down. Like those are just those little things in life that so many people overlook, but those are like the most important and meaningful things that you need in life. Mm -hmm. We have, my husband and I do the, that little journal and I mean, honestly, on like days like today where like, oh my God, I'm going to lose it. Well, it's really nice to like have something to look at that is really uplifting. It's just always there. (laughs) Oh, that's so you guys like write in the journal like daily. Yeah, we do. And sometimes I, I mean, like sometimes it's really easy to think of things like I love you. I love the way you laugh. Like. I love that you're a great parent. And then some days I have to like really think (laughs) same with him. Like that's marriage, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool though. I mean, it just really, it makes you so mindful about the people around you. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. So you've been teaching for eight years. I mean, you've been practicing yoga, meditation, all that for eight years. And it sounds like that wasn't necessarily always something you were interested in. You said you kind of were getting interested in it at the time of your own wedding. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I always practiced yoga. Like I would say that, I mean, I mean, for like 15 years I've been doing yoga. Um, and I, I really, I mean, it's funny how it evolves. Like when I started, it was strictly for the physical benefits. Like I, I wanted to like get fit or like lose weight. Like that was my mentality. And it just, it didn't, I didn't serve me or at least I didn't understand how much further it could serve me than just that physical side. So fast forward, like, I mean, I did my first teacher training right after I got married. So the timing was kind of perfect in that like it would evolve with within like in tandem with my own partnership too. So like I grew as a human, I grew as a, as a teacher we grew together. And then, um, I started to understand like, Oh, yoga is not just the physical asana. Like yoga is a mindset. Yoga is a lifestyle. Yoga is a way we treat other people, you know? And I, and I don't expect, this is something that like, I think about a lot with my groups because, you know, weddings and bachelor parties, that's all fun and lighthearted. Like I don't get this deep with those. (laughs) people because it's like they're, you know, they just want to move their bodies. And I remember that's how I felt when I started to do yoga as well. But what's really cool about yoga is that it's, it's so personal. It's such a personal journey for so many people, as I'm sure you experience, like as a long-term yogi that they might get that first time experience, say it's at a bachelorette party. And it's one of those friends who was like, no, I don't want to do this, but they just do it for like two minutes who knows where they'll be in 10 years? Like they might be avidly practicing or they might've adopted some of those mindsets. So it's evolved for me in a gazillion different ways. Like it's shaped who I am as a parent. It's shaped who I am as a partner, as a, as an entrepreneur. Like had I thought I'd be doing this 15 years ago, no way, but I'm so happy. I've never been happier because I know that this is, is really, really good work and it fills me up. So is like being an entrepreneur something that's always kind of been in your radar as well? Not really, honestly. I, my my dad always was he, when I was growing up. He's always like, "You need to start a business." Like he was. I don't even know why he used to say that. Like, and now I I realize like, oh, this was this was in the cards for me. This is my part of my purpose. My husband is an entrepreneur as well. And to see him grow something from the time that we got married till now has been really, really inspiring. And so he really, he encouraged me. He's like, you can do it. You work super hard. You can make this, this happen. It will not be easy. You will probably cry a lot, which I'm, I'm an emotional human. (laughs) So like, and that's been true. But even now, even now when we're in a time where we have like no idea of what's going to be happening next. Like I know that it was still the right decision. And I know that I have something really unique to offer people that will make them happier. Like that's, that's for me, what entrepreneurship is, is like giving a gift that I have to another person. I think that's such an awesome way to describe it because yeah, it is like so many people have all of these amazing talents to share with the world. And like when I was at your outdoor yoga thing, like you had so much energy and it was just so easy to like feel your energy, (laughs) like in negative one degree weather. (laughs) 
I mean, so many people can be so negative about negative one degree weather. I mean, not me. I love the outdoors. Like, I was all about that. But, I mean, even a person who, like, isn't an outdoorsy person would have felt your energy that day. Thank you. You were just, like, so into it and, like, jumping and singing and moving and just – you were just such an amazing leader in the class. And you could just tell you were a natural at it. (laughs) Thank you. I don't – I mean, it wasn't natural when I started. It does – luckily, experience helps a lot. But it's like it when anything that you do, whether it be, you know, teaching yoga or teaching kids or parenting, like, if you really like it, if you love and you're authentic with what you're doing, it's so contagious. People – People get that vibe. And I hope that as we move through this weird time that like that is even more so available. Like people are putting their gifts out into the world. Like, hey, I want to offer up this free thing or like that contagious energy of giving. um, It's spreading. So, yeah, thank you for saying that because it was it felt like a fun day to me, too. (laughs) It was so fun. I want more of them. Um, so how do you think that yoga has influenced your parenting, especially in these past couple days, being isolated with a two and a three-year-old? Yeah. Well, I think at the end of the day, like the parent I am is is like true. Like I'll always be that same person. And now how it's mostly influenced me in parenting and also just in, in like relationships in general is that I'm able to, to like keep it together more. Does that make sense? Like take the moment of stillness, take the pause before reacting. So something that's really interesting about yoga teachers is that people love to, to like kind of dump on them in a good way. Like they, people really trust yoga teachers and they want to, they want to share like, Oh, I've been feeling like this. And I like want to give you all this information. And we as teachers, Like, I love that when people want to share with me, like, I want to just be there for them. But if you would have asked me again, like 15 years ago, like if someone were just to like kind of dump on me all of their, their whole issues in the world, like, I don't know how I would have reacted. I might've just been like, uh, okay. Like not judgy, but just like, I don't know if I could have handled that information. And that is so true with with kids too is that they just like emotionally dump on people (laughs) they don't they're so enlightened in that way like they know to get their emotions out and so if I can just like be strong and keep it together and be there to absorb that and help them feel feel good or bad or whatever it is like I know that I'm doing the right thing and then I also need to have those people that I can dump on too. I, dump is a terrible word, but like to me, that's, I don't know. That's like the biggest release. <laughs> like I need to just dump my emotions on you right now. <laughs> dump them. I always hear people say, I need a vent to you, mm-hmm. but I don't know that I've heard many people use the, the verb dump it on you. <laughs> you would, you would be shocked at some of the things like, like people truly do share. I mean, and I, again, like I love it because they feel like they can trust me and they can tell me these things. And so get it out, get it out. <laughs> well, right. I mean, people go to yoga cause it is just their, their space. They, it's a safe space for people. It's where they can just go, like you said, let it all out and just be, and just forget about the world for that hour of class. It's, it's a huge gift for so many people who give that time to themselves. I think. Yeah. Definitely. I definitely have teachers that I just like loved talking to for like an hour after class. I for sure have those yoga teachers of mine. (laughs) And they probably love just like being with you. I mean, like I can speak from my experience. Like it's just fun to, yeah, like an hour after class, I'll be like, oh my gosh, I got to (laughs) go. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, going back to the whole like kid thing. Yeah. That's so true. Like giving yourself time to just like collect your own thoughts before you're going to react to them. That's huge. And I totally agree that being, I mean, practicing yoga helps do that. Just being mindful. I mean, I know it's helped me as a teacher. Yeah. 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 It's huge. So what did you even like before this all happened? Did you study anything totally different in college? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, I totally did. I went to school for music and business. (laughs) Okay. So business was like, in your path already. Yeah, I went to business school, I think because I just, 
I felt like I needed to have something to go with that creative side of my brain. And it, it actually makes complete sense. So I did, I went to school, I have a vocal degree, a piano degree, and then a business degree, all combined into like one package. So I just have like one bachelor's. <laughs> um, but when I graduated, I knew, like, I loved the creative side, but I knew that I didn't, I wasn't going to like sing for a living. That wasn't something I wanted to do. I wanted to work for arts organizations. Um, and so I fundraised an event planned for the the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra for a really long time. And that was amazing. And I loved it so much. And it was like the perfect, I don't know, like practice for now, again, coming back to like events and creative, but also having the business side of things. So again, I didn't, they don't actually connect, but to me, they, they have made a lot of sense. And like, I've learned a lot from doing that. <laughs> well, like they totally do connect and it, it just goes to show that like when you're doing one thing in life, you might not realize why you're doing it, but when you reflect back on it, like 10 years later, mm-hmm. it just, it makes so much sense. And mm-hmm. that's like, sometimes when I do these podcasts with people, I feel like that just like gets them to think about it. And they like have those aha moments when I'm talking to people about this. I know this is so funny that you say that. Cause I feel the same. So I, I have a podcast, the wedded wellness podcast. And when I'm interviewing people, I'm like thinking to myself, like, Oh yeah. Like I'm having ahas because I'm watching them have ahas. It's like, I love it. It's so fun to be able to talk to people in in uninterrupted space. Like I never get that time where I just get to like listen to people talk, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I totally know what you mean. Yeah. I love listening to your podcast. I was just listening to the one with, um, Jolene about how she broke her leg and it like, yeah, she like shattered her leg on a, on a, so she is, it has a local yoga mat company. And that was all started with that. Like she fell off of her bike on a train track and like shattered her leg. She's a badass. It was awesome. Yeah. Your podcast is pretty cool. I like listening to it. Thank you. So fun. Um, so what are some like basic, very basic yoga terms that people might hear when they go to their first yoga class and what can, what can you do to help them better understand those? Oh, that's a really good question. (laughs) I love that. I've never been asked that question. Well, Yoga terms depends on where you go. So a lot of yoga studios will speak in the language of yoga, which is Sanskrit. Um, you know, what's really, really cool about Sanskrit is it's a vibrational language. So if you say the words, the yoga poses in Sanskrit, the vibrations of that yoga pose can emit into the body. So, I mean, that's like yoga philosophy, side note, but people may speak in Sanskrit the entire time. I don't know a ton of studios that do that where they are going to just say the Sanskrit and they're not going to say the English. But like, that's something that if you're a brand new practitioner, you might not go to a studio that just speaks Sanskrit. So when like I teach, I teach it all in English first. I'll say the English first. And then I might say the Sanskrit often. I don't even say that. Um, But there are a few words that are always in Sanskrit. And, and the first being, um, namaste, which is at the end of class. Um, namaste is a greeting, you know, that is used in, in the Eastern culture, like quite significantly. It's, it's a greeting. Hello, it's goodbye. But what it actually means, like the essence, if you boil it down is I see you, like, I see your soul. I see you. I recognize it, which to me is like, we don't, I don't know anything, any word in the English language that is like, Hey, I see you with every essence of your being, like your soul. That's amazing. I I don't know. It just, we kind of like, even, you know, namaste and like we play with the word and it's actually like, it's a huge deal. Um, Roll right. And I think that's the whole thing with like the American culture. So many people do play on that word. And I think it's caused a lot of like controversy in that sense. But yeah, like there's like actually this really deep, beautiful meaning to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. And um, so I use it with like my whole heart. And, and that's, again, you'll say it at the, usually at the end of class, bring your hands to your heart center and then up to your third eye, that space between your eyebrows and just say namaste, which is like, we recognize each other. 
Um, another yoga term that you might hear um, pretty regularly, depends on like what type of class again that you're taking though, is a drishti. And a drishti is a spot to focus on. So when you're in a balancing pose and you're looking around the room, you will fall over. <laughs> <laughs> you need to find something like, you know, how like ballerinas, when they turn, they, they focus on one thing, totally the same ideas. If you focus in on one, one spot, one unmoving spot, you'll be able to hold that. And I like to think of the Drishti as the accountability buddy. Like it's, it's going to be there for you if you fall out or not. And you just, you got to stay there hold your ground. Do you use Drishtis when you practice? Yeah, I made the mistake the other day by making my Drishti be my dog, and that was not a good idea. <laughs> that won't work. That won't work. Yeah. Oh, man. Learned that. But yeah, usually it's in, I do it in a yoga studio, and typically I make it like one of those, they always turn on those like electronic candles. It's usually one of those. Right, right. Something that you can look at. Yeah. It might be your dog. Maybe, maybe a really sleepy dog, like my dog, because that's... That would work. <laughs> yeah, if it's a sleeping dog. <laughs> and, um, and then a third one, I would say um, in the type of yoga that I teach, it's vinyasa yoga. Mostly I teach vinyasa. I teach a few other formats too. But vinyasa yoga means one breath, one movement. So you move a lot. You flow a lot. It's a pretty energetic practice. But there's a specific type of um, energetic lock that helps your body like work throughout class. And it's called a core lock. So like your, you know, your abdomen, your core, your Udiyanda Bandha, that's how you would say it in Sanskrit. And all you do to engage this part of your body is just pull your belly button to your spine. So engage all of your core muscles. And I mean, the key or the hope I should say in, in a yoga class is that you would do that the whole time. And that's a flipping workout in itself is just pulling your belly button to your spine, engaging your core muscles. Um, so Udiyanda Bandha is what it is, core lock. And it, it, it helps with stability. It helps with breath control. And it really like fires up, makes your yoga posture, your yoga practice that much more challenging. Oh yeah, it totally does. And like, <laughs> it, it's a mind challenge too. It's so true. It's Always mind over your own body. I know that's what it is for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I th and what about Shavasana? Oh, yeah. So that's a good one. That's my daughter's, my four-year-old's, or my three-year-old's. She's almost four. Um, Shavasana is her favorite pose. Shavasana actually means corpse pose in English. Um, oh, my gosh. We could go. I could do a whole podcast on Shavasana because it's so amazing. Do you have, do you ever notice in yoga classes that people leave early from Shavasana? Does that happen where you practice yoga? It does. Does that bum you out? Cause it bums me out. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like that's like, but yeah, that's one of my favorite parts of the practice. So here's why it's so critical. And I mean, this is true of really anything that you, any physical practice that we're doing. What's really cool about yoga is that especially in a really physical practice like vinyasa, our bodies get pretty, I mean, like they're kind of stressed in class, right? We're using breath control. We're using the Udiyanda Bandha. We're like sweating, we're moving. And then we move into what is the sympathetic nervous system. So like that fight or flight. And it's a good thing because it preps your body for stressful situations like social isolation, you know, like things that can be really stressful. But if we don't pull ourselves out of the sympathetic nervous system, out of fight or flight, and into the parasympathetic nervous system or rest and digest, we walk into our everyday lives in that like amped up state still. And so, you know, no judgment. People have reasons that they have to leave early. Like I totally get that. But give yourself permission to take Shavasana, to take corpse pose, even if it's for two minutes, so that you can move from the the sympathetic into the parasympathetic nervous system. There's so much science behind this. Um, it's, I mean, it's neuroscience. Like there's a, there's data on why this is super critical. Um, and so if, if you are new to yoga and you're like, yeah, I don't really need that. Like, no, you do. Your body will thank you because you are ready to move on with your day in a more restful, rejuvenated state. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's huge. I go to this class called surrender. Cause I go practice at lifetime, which is basically just you're holding stretching poses for like five to seven minutes at a time. Oh, 
That sounds like a yin kind of, or like a restore yeah, class. It's essentially a yin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's just like lifetimes, like company's way of saying it. <laughs> it's like whatever though you can get in. I mean, that, that's awesome that they have that because some people haven't even experienced that type of yoga where you get to just like hold poses. Um, there's so many different types and like, oh, I love that you do that because it's so amazing. Well, and I can't even begin to describe like the amazing amounts of differences it's made for my body in hiking and in working out and in just my everyday life. It's huge. So take your Shavasana, everyone, please, please, please. This is my (laughs) PSA for today. It's your four-year-old's favorite pose. That's amazing because a lot of four-year-olds just like to bounce up and down and around all the time. So to hear that laying on the ground silently and not moving for a few minutes. I mean, I don't know about minutes. It might be a few seconds, but she, like, I think she also just likes to say it. (laughs) Shavasana. I mean, I do have, like, my preschool class lay down and, like, take deep breaths. And, yeah, it usually lasts, like, no more than 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah, you get it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think those are great, very basic things for people who are going to enter a class and just don't, don't know a thing about any of the Sanskrit terms or knowledge. The other thing that like people should know if they're new to yoga is that no matter like, okay, so if you do decide to go into a yoga studio, you've been doing yoga for a long time at home and you're like, I'm ready to go in to a studio. It feels intimidating. And I get that. Like I've been there. Also, no one is looking at you. There's, I think there's this like preconceived notion that, oh my gosh, they're going to, all the other practitioners and the teacher is going to see that I am not very good at this or that I'm not flexible or I've never, you know, experienced this. And yes, the teacher will notice and they will be there to support you and give you a few, you know, assists that or like options to make it feel more accessible. But the students, they don't notice. I mean, they, they're so focused on their own practice. And so, don't let that like that idea inhibit you from taking a yoga class because everyone has been a new yogi at some point and they get that. Um, and it, again, everyone just kind of focus on their own physical practice. Not everyone, not the other people in the room. Yeah. I think that's really, really important for first timers to remember. So people who want to like know more, about wedded wellness and like, say they wanted to book with you. Like, do they need their own space to do a yoga class with you or do you find the space for them? Yeah, that's a great question. So most people do have a spot where they like to do it, whether it be, we're going to do wedding day yoga at our venue with our friends and our family, or we're going to do a bachelorette party at someone's house or at a cabin If they don't have a spot, though, I've got a ton of awesome partnerships with local venues here in the Twin Cities, a couple small studios, um, some very cool like like little venues that have that have weddings or small other parties um, that we can rent out for a fee. So I scout that out for them, make it happen. It just depends on the size of the group. um, But it's totally an option. If they don't have a spot, I'll, I'll find one for them. Awesome. And so you offer it to bachelorette parties, couples, um, anyone else that, or are you just open to anyone who reaches out to you? You know, what's funny is that I actually get a lot of requests to do um, like smaller yoga classes and events for businesses. So like chiropractic clinics or other wellness oriented businesses that like want to have client appreciation events or they want to do an open house and they need to think of an activity. So it really just depends on, you know, what the event is like, does yoga fit in here? Great. Let's throw it in. Um, showers like wedding day showers, birthday parties, um, girls weekends, boys weekends. If that I've not done a boys weekends, but that would be cool too. (laughs) Um, just of anything really where like yoga can make the event more special, more memorable. And, you know, we we can, I can come wherever. So it's easy. <laughs> That's awesome. So you'll go like, are, are you kind of strict to like the cities or you're willing to travel? 
Um, I do travel usually uh, about a two hour radius with, with the travel stipend, depending on how far it is. But anywhere in the Twin Cities is, is totally game. If I end up traveling, I, I usually do it up to about two hours. So I, there are like a lot of cabins that are people have. And so that's, that's great. Like, let's do it, especially in the summer. <laughs> yeah. I loved all your like little reviews on your client love section on your website. It just sounded like a lot of the girls were at fun little cabin weekends for their bachelorette parties. And yeah, I mean, if someone wants to fly me out anywhere too, like happy to do that. Just let me know. <laughs> Destination bachelorette. <laughs> yes, please. I went to Vegas. Like I don't know who that was at that time, but I did go to Vegas for my bachelorette. Oh my gosh. Some yoga in the casino? No. <laughs> yeah. I don't even gamble. I don't know what that was. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. But I love that little picture on your reviews page of like those people doing yoga on this nice little deck. It was so funny too, because that we had so, but you can't see in that pictures, we had like four or five people on the deck and then we had like 10 inside. And so we had all the windows open and it was the morning of the wedding. And we did, I mean, we taught like 15 girls in this big space in like well, little space, I should say really. And it was, it was really fun. <laughs> okay, cool. So some of them were inside, some of them are outside. Yeah, that was unique. We don't, preferably we'd all be in one space, but we want everyone to be included. So it worked out great. <laughs> yeah. Just work with what you got. Awesome. So if people wanted to learn more about wedded wellness and get in touch with you, where should they go? Well, they can definitely tune into the podcast like we chatted about. It's called the Wedded Wellness Podcast on all of the platforms. Um, and I release episodes every Thursday where we chat about weddings we chat about well-being we chat about i mean really like really interesting wellness modalities if people are exploring this world of like healing and growing so that they are in their strongest form for partnership and family life um and then also you can find me on instagram at wedded.wellness um and then check out the website www.weddedwellness dot com. Um, I, you know, right now kind of figuring out what, what might be interesting to do online, but when we get out into the world again, you can book, um, sessions right on online, see what days are available, see if your event is available. Most summers, most Saturdays in the summer, um, we do parties like maybe two a day. So, not a whole lot booked yet because of weirdness in life, but like I anticipate that will hopefully get pretty full like it did last last summer. <laughs> so yeah, last summer, because you said you started it in August. So were you doing it like all summer and then like the business started officially? Yeah, I got my LLC in August. So I was like kind of testing it out last summer to see like, does this work? Like, do people want this? And luckily they did. <laughs> awesome. Such an exciting path to start. Yeah, it's been really, really fun. I'm really grateful. I think, yeah, once the world gets normal again, you're going to be super busy this summer. I think this is a huge, just a huge thing that people want. Thank you. I hope so too. <laughs> yeah. Well, anything else that we didn't touch on? I don't know. I feel like we should plan a hiking and yoga event. Maybe that's that's what's going to come. <laughs> I would love it. Yes. I'll, I'll teach all the yogas. You get that hiking, like on point, we'll be a good team. <laughs> yeah, totally about it. We have all the time in the world to plan it now. So get it planned and we will make it happen when the world moves again. We'll be so grateful to be out and about. I know. Seriously. Well, cool. Thank you. This has been good to socialize with someone. Same. I agree. Oh, the other thing I was going to ask you was, do you have any like daily rituals or practices that you do? Yes. Yes. I love that. I actually asked my guests this, um, like what are their self-care practices? Because everyone's are so different and it's so interesting to like hear what people do. Um, so for me, I wake up pretty early. I'm just always been an early riser and I, I do, um, I meditate twice a day. So my first one, I do meditate in the morning for 15 minutes. 
and I'm one of those people that just like, I'm not, a, I'm not good at meditating. I, my mind is just like all over the place. And you know what? It doesn't matter. Like just sitting still and focusing and not even focusing the idea of like pushing thoughts to the back of the brain for 15 minutes sets me up for the rest of the day. So I do one in the morning and then I do one usually during nap time. If I'm home with the kiddos around like that one o'clock mark two 15 minute sets. If you're looking for a meditation book, everyone, while you are at home, um, this book that I'm obsessed with is called Stress Less, Accomplish More by Emily Fletcher. And it's been a game changer for me in how I meditate. So check that out. It's a great place to start. And then um, having a really amazing journal that was recommended to me by a friend called The Self Journal. And it helps me like kind of plan out my day. I write down three things I'm grateful for, um, like my goals. And then at the end of the day, come back to it and say, like, did I accomplish those goals? Where were my wins? And now, again, what am I grateful for? So those two things are my non-negotiables, is that my short meditation twice a day and then and then journaling. And if I can get a yoga practice in, you know, three days a week, I feel really good about that. Um, doesn't matter where it is. Like, that's a, you know, real, someone who's in the yoga studio constantly, even if I just get three in, I'm like, you know what? I'm, that's awesome. That's enough. <laughs> right. Because like, as you're in the yoga studio, constantly teaching it. Yeah. Yeah. So if I can practice yoga three times, I feel really, feel really good about that. I like those daily rituals. Beautiful. I think those are important. What are yours? Do you have any good ones? You know, I, I mean, walking every single day is truly a ritual of mine. Mm -hmm. I started that like at the beginning of this year, actually, I told myself I'm going to walk the dog every single day. And it's just become this like really awesome part of my day. And it's typically like after work, but I guess now that can be adapted to be a couple times a day. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah, but it's definitely that. And then um, I do read every single night. Uh, I don't really have like a ritual that I practice in the morning. I really want to start. I really, really need to start something because I am one of those people that goes to my phone in the morning. Yeah, I know. That's hard. And I would love to change that. It helps me if I plug my phone in somewhere else, not by my bed. It's just like if I put it, plug it in downstairs I and I have like one of those old alarm clocks by my bed. That's been super helpful to not scroll in the morning. Cause I'm, I'm like you, like, it's such a habit to be like, Oh, catch up from what, from what I went to bed at like 10. Yeah, There's exactly. Catch up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. For a while I was reading like a couple pages each morning with my morning breakfast, like my morning smoothie. I have a morning smoothie every morning. So maybe that's a ritual. That's a good ritual. Yeah. Definitely. A nice healthy smoothie with greens and fruits and protein powder and almond milk. Um, and I was reading a page a day of this book called The Healthy Deviant. You would probably really like that book. Ooh, I'm going to check it out. Um, yeah, I'll send you a link to that. Her name is Pilar. She has a really amazing podcast, too, called The Living Experiment. Highly recommend that. But I was reading a... Yeah, I was, like, reading a book that was, like, my morning book for a while. Um, stop that. So I need to go back to st- sticking to these rituals is what I'm realizing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, but also like, don't, it's not self-care unless it feels good. Like when we should on ourselves, we need, I should be doing this. It's not self-care anymore. Like just do what feels good. That's again, like coming back to this idea that we, oh, we have all this time now. We should be reading and we should be bettering ourselves. It's like, oh, like also just do what you want to do. Like actually rest a little if that feels like what you need. Yeah. I think that's really good advice too. People do that a lot. Gosh, you're a wealth of knowledge. (laughs) Well, this has been super awesome. This has been so fun. I'm loving this. Thank you. This has made my night. (laughs) Happy um, quarantining. (laughs) You as well. Thanks for letting me be on the show. This was so fun. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for chatting. This was super fun. This was fun, and we'll we'll chat another time soon. This was great. So Ashley and I end this conversation kind of talking about rituals that we have, and I've been reflecting on the rituals I've had and especially how they've 
adapted and changed a little bit since quarantine life has happened. And my morning rituals have absolutely changed. Mornings are slower and more peaceful. And I've been starting each morning doing yoga. And it really sets the tone for my day so well. It just puts a great vibe on the day. I'm ready to go for the day. And it's only like a 10-minute flow. And it's just amazing. So I highly encourage everybody, especially during this time of quarantine, to work some ritual into your morning routine and just see what it does for your day. Yeah, we all have some more time right now. And I guess while Sarah's doing yoga, I'm doing my own personal yoga, shavasana, in the bed. Actually, I'm kind of just sleeping in. (laughs) But... Once I do get up, Sarah and I have also adopted a new ritual. We take Daisy, our dog, for a run every morning. And it's been a mile to two miles that we've been doing for a couple weeks now. So that's kind of been our our ritual since we can't get to the gym. And then, Sarah, you also do like a, a workout at home. Yeah, I've been doing a home workout. Typically in the afternoons, I find... uh workout video that I like to do. And yeah, it's been a daily routine and just something to keep keep me centered during this time of quarantine and isolation, because I think we all need that right now more than ever. Yeah, I think we all need to find something to still do that's physical, that's active, so that we maintain a healthy mental well-being as well. Yeah, and I think as much as I wish I could be out doing winter yoga with Ashley right now, that's not the reality right now, but that class was so awesome, and Ashley's offering a lot of really great opportunities during this time as well. She's doing yoga on Tuesdays and Thursdays in the afternoon at 1 o'clock, a virtual yoga class that I've been attending, and I think she just worked in Mondays at 5 p.m., Yeah, so go head over to her site, weddedwellness.com, and go check out the events page. She posts a bunch of different classes and events that she's hosting, and now a lot of them have been virtual. So be sure to go check that out. We'll have a link to her website, Wedded Wellness, down in the description of this podcast. We'll also have a link to her podcast, the Wedded Wellness Podcast. So go check that out. And I just want to say again, her yoga classes online have been so great during this time too, because she starts off every class with a really deep question, like setting your intention, like most yoga classes do. But during this time, especially, I keep going back to that, but I think people really need to put that in their minds that during this time, we need to be grateful more than ever. And one time she started her class with, what are you thankful for today? And my answer was something so simple, and it was that I had a full fridge. But a lot of people don't have that right now. So just think about what are you thankful for during this time, because a lot of us are a lot more fortunate right now than others, and we need to remind ourselves of that. Especially as this continues, too. I mean, the longer and longer things kind of stay in this state and things are shut down, it's it's important to come back to what we have and what we are fortunate enough, especially I feel like in this country, um, to to have. And we still have some of those freedoms and stuff. I mean, we can still get outside and be active. We can still connect with each other over Zoom or Skype or whatever technology you want to use. And yeah, a lot of us are still fortunate enough to to be able to work from home. And if we aren't, then um, we have the support of community around us. And there's a lot of different technologies and services that allow us to support our, our fellow people. Yeah. And reflecting back on this episode I did with Ashley, it was nearly a month ago. And it was like the day that things started getting really bad. So it's crazy to reflect on that, that it's been nearly a month now. And that we've really just like gotten ourselves into the rhythm of the new norm. 
yeah, it was interesting to, as I was editing this podcast, I was listening back to what you guys were talking about a, about a month ago, and it's still like so relevant today. Like just that kind of isolated lifestyle, how everything was at that time just shutting down and kind of we're all going into that sheltering in place at that time. So yeah, we will have the links to all of Ashley's stuff down in the description of this podcast. Her podcast, the Wedded Wellness Podcast. We'll also have the link to weddedwellness.com, her website. And then we also have the link to her Instagram, wedded.wellness. Be sure to go check all those out. And then hopefully we will be connecting with her again for some maybe future events. I know you guys were talking about maybe a little hike and yoga, which would be awesome. Yeah, I know everybody's going to be itching to get out once this order is over of staying at home. So stay tuned and maybe we'll have an awesome event planned with Ashley in the future. So thanks for listening and be grateful and peace to all of you. And stay healthy. We love sharing these stories with you through the Hiking Through Life podcast, and we're so grateful that you listen to this podcast. If you'd like to support the Hiking Through Life podcast further, we have these amazing new t-shirts and water bottles. The t-shirts come in four colors, and the water bottles are perfect for trails, adventuring, or daily use. Consider checking them out at hikingthroughlife.net slash shop. Use the code podcast and receive 10% off your first order. You've been listening to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Peace, love, and hike through life.